everyone. Welcome back to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that we can employ to help us grow in our faithfulness to God, to reach new heights, to excel still more. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. All right, our topic for the day is metal me bubbles. We're going to be talking about driving and issues that you may be having while operating a motor vehicle. I must be honest, this is sort of a full confession mode episode. I do have a little bit of what we call the road rage. At the very least, it would be categorized as extreme impatience once behind the wheel. And the interesting thing about that is I don't really consider myself to be an impatient person most of the time. And yet there's something about driving that brings out the worst in me. However, I've been trying some things, three very specific things, and it's it's just really been helping. I have a lot more control, a lot better perspective, and maybe even turning a potential negative into some pretty positive things. So let me describe this situation, Metal Me Bubble, a little bit more. And at the end, the last third of this episode, I'll give you some practical things to try on your own and would love to hear your feedback on that. So here's the deal. Me bubbles. I preach a lot about these things. They are these shells that people put around themselves, and they're very self-centered, these shells, and they're bubbles so that you can see out. But the idea is this. Only things that benefit me are allowed inside my bubble. If people bring value to me, if people care about and serve me, you're allowed in my bubble. If not, you've got to stay outside my bubble. And what this means is you really just walk around seeing everything determining everything's value on what it does for you. Now, this is very different than the inner circle, outer circle business that we talked about a couple of weeks ago or something. Those are circles, like a circle written on the ground. And if you bring a friend into that circle, you're saying, this person has value in my life and I have value in theirs and we're very close. But outside of the inner circle are still people that you care about and think about and you really, really want to help those people You just don't want those people to have a negative influence on you. Me bubble, not like that at all. Me bubble people are not interested in helping or influencing people outside of their bubbles because all they're really concerned about is themselves and the people that are doing things for them. If you've ever seen two me bubblers having a conversation, it's kind of hilarious. You can almost see their bubbles bumping up against one another as they basically monologue each other. Like, I'll talk about me, 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 me a while, and then when I run out of breath or you cut me off, you talk about you, 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 I'm not really listening. When you stop, I can pick up my story again. If you've ever seen people like that, then you have some idea of what a me bubble is like. All right, well, look, I'm super self-aware about that and try really hard not to be like that. But when you put me inside my 2006 Toyota Tundra metal box with wheels, it's like the metal box with wheels becomes my me bubble. When I'm on the road, all I care about is me. I care about my vehicle, where I'm going, and everybody else needs to stay out of the way. And I don't know why that is. I mean, maybe I have some idea, but I know what it looks like. Let me give you some examples of what it looks like. How many of you know the proper speed for driving on an interstate? Now, you might be thinking, well, some are 70, some 75, maybe some 80, but no, that's not the correct answer. Those are just suggested numbers on a sign that nobody looks at. Everybody knows the proper speed on any roadway is the speed you choose. 
Once you've chosen that speed and set your cruise on it, that becomes the standard of excellence in the entire world. For instance, if I'm on the interstate and look, no hate mail on this, but let's say the speed limit is 75 and I choose 78. So I set my cruise on 78, which of course means that every respectable human being on the roadway will be going exactly 78 miles per hour. If you come up behind me and you're going 82, you need to be thrown in jail. You're completely off kilter and something's gone terribly wrong in your life. If I drive up on you and you're going 73, you're going slower than I am by five miles per hour, you belong in a mental hospital. I mean, clearly, things have happened to you that only professional help can rectify. Now, I'm using some extreme language here, but that is kind of the way we feel about it sometimes. But here's the thing. If I adjusted my speed down to 73, that's the new acceptable norm. Once we get in our vehicles, we decide that we make the choice and everybody else needs to be fitting into that as if they're thinking what we're thinking or even care about what we're thinking. The problem here is it becomes all about me. And this is true about the lanes. You know, if I choose a left lane, nobody else should choose it. If I choose a back road to get somewhere to avoid traffic, no other human being is allowed on that road. That's my choice. And I don't know if this is resonating with any of you guys, but I just feel like that's a problem that I need to get over because I know that intellectually it's not true. And I also know what the Bible says, and so do you. I know that God wants me to love my neighbors. Love God, love your neighbor. I know that every vehicle around me has somebody in it who is in some capacity my neighbor. The Bible says to pray for them. The Bible says to care about them. The Bible talks about being at peace so far as it depends on me. Be at peace with all men. The Bible talks about all those things. I just, you know, my counter argument is that was all written before, you know, there were farm to market roads. I don't know what to tell you. Now, I know that's not true in terms of application because those things govern everything, but it just seems like with the advent of the motor vehicle and how much of a hurry we're always in that we forget that those basic Bible principles of God apply no matter where you are. Now, I've been doing some thinking about this. Like, why am I like that? Why can't I just be patient and do better at considering what's going on around me and being the type of servant that I, well, I usually am when I'm not in a vehicle? What's going on? I would suggest this, and maybe you could give some feedback on this as well. I think it has to do with anonymity, and the lack of accountability. When I'm in that vehicle on the road, there's basically no chance that I'm going to have to give an account to them for the speed that I've chosen or explain why I'm riding so closely upon their bumper. I don't have to answer for that. We don't have to have a conversation about that. I don't have to know about you. And unfortunately, sometimes I may not care like I should about what's going on with you. This perceived zero accountability. Now, the thing about that is, is that's not really true. Uh, There is accountability, and sometimes tragically so, when we misbehave on the roadways. But we convince ourselves that when we're inside the metal meat bubble, we don't have to answer to anyone. By the way, this is not the focus of our episode today, but this is probably why you see so many unnecessary and just out-of-place things on social media. When people are commenting on Facebook or whatever, they are in their homes, they're in their their home me bubble, and everything's about them, and they see something on the computer they don't like, there's no accountability, they don't have to answer for it, they can just close the computer and walk away, 
Now, the truth is there is accountability and it does have an impact and God does expect you to behave as if that person that you're typing towards on your computer screen was actually standing right in front of you. But we just kind of forget that for a while. And I think when I'm driving, sometimes I forget that. So if this is something you've been challenged with, some of you live in major cities and have to deal with lots of traffic and a lot of times people in other vehicles are misbehaving, at least consider this. The reason that people around you are misbehaving is because they have not given half a thought about you. They are completely self-absorbed in what they want and where they're going. And if I'm being really honest about that, sometimes I do that too. So when we can figure out that we're all on common ground, maybe we'll be just a tinge less judgmental when we're driving down the road. Okay, well, that's all fine, but we also need to figure out what in the world we can do about this. I don't want to be like that. We spend a lot of time driving. If I'm in the vehicle an hour a day, let's say, for some of you, I know it's a lot more, and I'm totally set on edge, and I'm totally self-absorbed, and I'm totally inconsiderate, that means that a significant portion of my life is me not being like Christ, and that starts to add up a little bit. So I wanted to get better control over this. And to be straight with you, I have. Not perfect. We're just, we're be wise small on this program. We're just trying to get better and we're moving in the right direction. But I've made a lot of progress and I want to tell you how. Three things that we will talk about as we get to the end of this episode. Number one, you must humanize other drivers. Now that sounds kind of silly because they are humans, so humanizing them should not be a problem, but it is. In my metal me bubble, it's like I'm the only living, breathing human being on the roads, and everybody else is some, you know, ridiculous computer program that's just in my way so that I can try to veer around them. I need to stop for just a moment and consider, that person in front of me driving too slowly, that is a person. That is a person with a life. That is a person dealing with something. That is a person who has issues that I don't know anything about. What if they just had an accident or lost a loved one on the roadways a month ago, and so they're driving very cautiously because they're quite nervous about it? What if there's someone older that just doesn't see very well, and they're just trying to get to their daughter's house? There are all kinds of variables. Humanizing them and considering that these are people, these are my neighbors. God put them here on this road next to me so that I can be Christ-like. That is really important. And it's not just the, the person who's driving slowly in front of you. It could be that guy in the big truck that's riding up behind you and veering around you. Now, look, he may not have any excuse for what he's doing, but he's still a human being. He's still somebody who needs your consideration. He's clearly somebody who needs the light of Jesus to shine in his life. And maybe you're it. Like the way you handle this situation is the only, you know, real level head activity he's going to witness all day long. Humanize them. You know what's interesting about this humanizing thing? Even if you're not following me on this right now, you're about to be. I'll tell you a quick story. Actually, it's it's one story, but it's happened to me three times in my life. I almost called today's episode, Don't Turn In, based on three times in my life when I've said that. Anybody here ever been heading somewhere? Let's just call it church on Sunday morning. And you're trying to get there, you're a little late, not too bad, but the person in front of you driving ridiculously slow. I mean, they're going less than, not just the speed limit, they're going less than that yellow caution turn speed 
that's you know at the at the curve a mile ahead like they're already under that and they're not even at the curve yet you know what i'm talking about so you're frustrated and you're riding them pretty tight and you keep trying to get around and then a car comes around the corner and you have to get back in your lane so when you get to the stop sign pretty close to the church building you're really up on them you're actually trying to like get around them even at the stop sign and so finally, you get to the church parking lot. One more turn and you're in, and this whole episode in your life, this terrorizing episode is over with. You've been so mistreated, and then you see it. They begin to swerve a bit to the right, and you say these words, don't turn in. But they do. They go to church with you. There's somebody who knows you really well and has already identified that you're the one in the vehicle behind them, and now you're about to face them walking into the church building. Now, you know what you're going to do. You're going to park around the back and sneak in the back door, but it's too late. They already saw you. Everything changes in an instant. I feel terrible. All of that stuff that I was thinking, I didn't mean any of that. Well, what changed? Nothing about the situation and what happened changed. The only thing that changed is my little metal me bubble got popped. It turns out life is bigger than me, and this is a real human being, and we know each other, and recognition of that changes everything. So if you can sort of grab on what that feeling is like, just imagine that everybody around you on the roadways is going to end up parking next to you in just a minute. Okay, let me give you something else. In addition to a better attitude towards the people around you on the roads, you also must bring God into the midst of this. You've got to bring him into the picture. I could just say something like, remember that Jesus is in the car with you, or God is in the, the vicinity watching both of you, whatever, but I think I can give you something even a bit more practical than that. So I drive about 10 miles to work every day to the church building. Half of those miles are on an interstate, which usually isn't too bad unless, of course, a semi-truck takes the entire five miles to pass another semi-truck. I mean, that happens, but you don't mess with those guys. But the second half of the trip is a road where a lot of people drive way too slowly. People tend to pull out in front of me, drive under the speed limit, and then turn right a quarter mile later. They could have just waited and let me gone and then done all of that. And so I was trying to find a way to get better on that, and here's what I figured out. Whenever someone is driving too slowly on the road and I come up upon them, that is a trigger to pray. That is my cue to prayer. It took about a month, and I programmed myself that as soon as I saw this vehicle in front of me, I slow my vehicle down just a little bit more, and I begin to pray. It's really interesting. I'm praying two, three, four extra times per day just in casual driving to work and back. You know, habits are really interesting. Habits are built off of cues. When something happens, you react to that thing. When something familiar triggers in you, you respond with a habit. Create a habit where you normally, from that cue, somebody driving too slowly or too quickly behind you, normally that cue triggers a poor habit. But you be very intentional about reprogramming that response and make sure that the cue for interruption in the roadways is prayer. I think you'll enjoy this. The benefits are pretty obvious, aren't they? I mean, you're going to see that make a big difference right away in your prayer life and all of that. All right, one more to go here. Three takeaway points, things that I want you to try, and they're narrowing down and getting more specific as we go. In other words, you need to consider the fact that every other person is a human with their own issues, no matter what. You just really, really need to do that. That is certainly a part of God's plan for your life. 
cueing prayer when you get in stressful situations is a little narrower view of how to handle this and also beneficial. And then the last thing is your brain will be activated in some thought while you're driving. And it's not really driving. Driving is almost a subconscious activity that you just sort of do. You don't have to activate your conscious thought to every piece of that. So you tend to do other things, things that you're thinking about, that you're having a conversation with someone and you're engaged in that. There's always something. So one piece of advice you might consider is just stimulate your brain by consciously thinking of things or receiving inputs that are good for you. One thing that I love doing is playing a gospel singing CD while I'm driving down the road, and I'm I'm not just letting it passively happen in the background. I'm actively listening, singing along, and thinking about the words. Maybe, I don't know, I mean, this is a little wild, but you might could find some guy's podcast that's I don't know, about achieving spiritual goals or something. Give that a try. Or listening to sermons. If you're by yourself, create some inputs around you, not visually, of course. you got to keep your eyes on the road. But in terms of things you're hearing, and then be intentionally conscious about engaging that thing, like considering it and figuring out what to do with it. If you fill your mind with good things, the Bible's very clear on this, you practice and fill your mind with things that are holy and godly, and that's going to live in your choices And that's kind of what this is all about. So as we conclude, just consider this. There's a big world out there of neighbors who need your positive influence. They may be in the vehicle next to you. There's a big world out there of God, his presence, his providence, his workings, and we need to think about him as often as we can. And there's a big world out there of positive influences who can create real helpful inputs into your life by what you listen to, even while you're driving. All of those things will help you to do a very important thing. Pop the metal me bubble. If you found this helpful today and you would like to support the program, there are three great things you could do. Make sure that you go to iTunes or the podcast app and subscribe, leave a rating and also a review. That would really help us out. Don't forget to share with people that you care about. And remember, you can follow along on Facebook at the Excel Still More page. I hope you have a great day. And remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Excel Still More.